and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what is popping? I am loving your outfit, straight up, except for the Red Sox hat doesn't necessarily match the maroon Nike t-shirt. It's like the same color family. Is it the same color family? Like, you know, look, if you look at the color wheel and you look at which one's like opposite, it's like the same because it matched the interior of the watch. Oh, wow. Come you on. You know you are on point and on fleek when you're looking. Uh, one, the Nike Shock does match the T-shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. to a T. It's a G Nike. It's a Casio G-Shock. But Is it Casio G-Shock? Yeah, no, I just had to correct. And then when you look at the face of the watch, the, the face of the watch matches the baseball hat on your head. But it's not. It's not. But a true story. I, don't, I can't tell the time. <laughs> you don't need to. I know it doesn't matter. Do you think my watch right now is telling accurate time? And Here's t- the problem with fancy watches. You have to literally wind them up daily or go spend the $79 what? on a watch case that you can put on your dresser that rotates just enough. It's like battery I powered. Didn't know that existed. Yes, because fancy watches don't have batteries. So they tend to um, self-regulate on motion. So, like, I'll put my nice watch, which I only own one nice watch. My wife bought it for me, like, 10 years ago now. Invictus. Maybe 11 years ago. I think she bought it for me for our 10-year wedding anniversary. We've been married 21 years. So she brought me this, bought me this Breitling that I absolutely love. And most people who watch us on, on, on YouTube, you see me wearing it a lot. Yeah. I almost wear it every single day. Sick. Except when I like to wear my Garmin watch. Because I prefer my Garmin way over an Apple Watch. I owned an Apple Watch for like two years, garbage. Garmin Watch, phenomenal, especially for training. So anyhow, um, I'll put my Breitling down, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I won't wear it for two or three days. I and pick it up. Be dead. Yes, because I won't go spend the $79. Right. Well, I was, God on, forbid, last time I wore this watch, I was at the Masters True Story, and a lady came up to me and said, excuse me, sir, do you know what time it is? And I looked at her like, of course I don't, because you can't bring phones or anything else in there. And then she looked at me, looked at my watch, and I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> sorry. So, yeah, that was like. This watch hasn't worked for a decade. Has, yeah, this watch has not worked for a decade, lady. <laughs> it is a fashion statement. <laughs> That's awesome. all it is. We're going to make some statements today. Oh, gosh, let's go. Yeah, you ready to go? Yeah, are you let's, diving right in? Yeah, I think we're gonna dive right in. Bullshit. Yeah, dude, it's Friday. I know. You ain't got no job. You ain't got shit to do. <laughs> <You>. <laughs> I'm gonna get you high. Yeah, so we're gonna get people high on uh, the knowledge or something. I don't know if we're gonna go knowledge today. I mean, it may I, be hyperbole today. I just went to cookies today. this morning, so I'll be fine for the weekend. Oh, good for you. Yeah, man. I'm cookies is your is your spot. Yeah, I'm not true you. leave. True leave is garbage. Look. Okay, so cookies. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Spell that for me. Cookies just like in okay. the jar. C-O-O. Okay, it's a store though. Yeah. It's a shop. I hope one day it's I'll get paid. Yeah, it's a disp- one day I'll get paid for this. Shout out cookies. Exactly. Like so here's me. I'm I'm kind of on episode saying I can't wait until JC and I have made it to where we're doing three ep- uh, 3 uh, hour episodes, 5 every, days a week, yeah. live uh, radio uh, call-in format. Yeah. All you want is for us to achieve that if Cookies is going to sponsor us. I mean, one day. You put one it day. out there in the universe. You never know. Yeah. This no. podcast has been... <laughs> right now, this this podcast is sponsored by tloponline.com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're a mortgage loan originator and you are looking for coaching, training, help with scripts, you want the tools, the trackers, the links to the resources that every top producer has, then you need we to got part, you covered. Yeah, got Come you. become a member of Come our community. over. Yes. If you want to see behind the scenes... Reach out to Nikki Ray on our team. Yep. Nikki will do a free one-hour, one-on-one consultation with Damn. you. She will walk you through why so many loan officers from coast to coast are signing up. 
if you are not a mortgage loan originator, do not go there. There ain't nothing on that website for you. But if you're a mortgage loan originator, you need to invest in your business. This is a great place to start, especially if you're not already investing in your business. There you go. So there we go. There's our one sponsor. Ourselves, yes. yes. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. Yes. You know, um, Mindset Summit. I had never heard of Mindset Summer Summit, um, but Mindset Summit is something that we're going to be looking to participate in. Okay. They have an event coming up in the Dallas market on October 26th. Talk to Sam. Sam's dude. I can't wait to get to know him better. How about them Cowboys? I don't know. Sam's from like Vegas originally, or or actually he's from Southern California originally. So oh. the the event, <laughs> got you. I the got events, you. it's it's like a top notch event, invite only. They're gonna have like two or three hundred top producing realtors, a hundred lenders there. Mm. To Terrell Owens shout is gonna be keynoting and speaking. Yeah, but I just want to give a shout out to Sam. I had a great call with him yesterday, and I really wished I could have made his event. He's like, dude, come on out. I looked at your schedule, looked at my schedule. I literally fly in from Atlanta mm-hmm. on the 25th. We have our TLOP exclusive at noon mm-hmm. on the 25th with Jeff Zempfer. Shout I'm Jeff. not going to reschedule that. I'd want us to be in Dallas by 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. I checked Southwest flights. It'd be tough. But then something very important showed up on my calendar. Mm-hmm. I have daddy-daughter date night. Shout out daddy-daughter date yep, night. Yeah, I'm taking my daughter to see the play Annie that night, at which point I had to tell Sam, dude, I... So want to be there. My FOMO's kicked in. I want to continue to build this relationship with Sam and and his crew over at uh, Mindset Summit. There you go. Um, but it's going to have to wait for his next event. But if you're in the Dallas area, go. y'all should check it out. We're going to send Nikki. Yep. Nikki's going to drive because she lives in Waco, Texas. Nikki on our team is going to drive from Waco to the event, and she's going to participate. She's going to scope it out. But ultimately... What I was talking to Sam about is I would love to be there as a presenter. Mm-hmm. Let me do an hour, hour keynote. Let me moderate a panel. But most importantly, let's let you and I get there. Let us podcast. Mm-hmm. Let us, dude, Sam's story is Legit. amazing. So I can't wait to actually interview Sam. Okay. But then you look at his speakers. Some of the best of the best in real estate and mortgage are attending his event. What great interviews we could get. Or better yet, T.O., how cool would it have been mm-hmm. to have Terrell Owens himself sit down with us, even if it was only for 15 or 20 minutes. Right. Unfortunately, that's going to have to wait because I just can't cram it in. But if you're in Dallas, y'all should check it out. It's on the 26th. If you need more information, um, reach out to Nikki on our team. But I'm pretty confident the name of the event is Mindset Summit. Word. Yep. So anyhow, um, that's that. You opened up Pandora's box, didn't you? You thought I was going to jump into the episode. You were, but then I just showed my watch and just threw your shit way off the rails. Exactly. Well, I'm um, kind of cantankerous, kind of honorary. Feeling kind of honorary this morning. you got notes. I got hella notes. I got hella notes. Didn't know where to start. I was like, dude, let's do something just on current events. Like, what's going on in the news? And that would totally work if this was a three-hour daily call-in radio show. But it's not. So we're producing this on a Friday. It'll drop on a Tuesday. So today is what, the 5th of October, do you think? Today's the 6th of October. The 6th of October. So that makes uh, 7, 8, 9. It'll drop on the 10th. Mm -hmm. Wow. My childhood best friend's birthday is October 10th, Brian Miller. Oh. Shout out to Brian Miller in San Diego, California. I was going to name someone else. That shit could have got awkward. You know Brian Miller. I know. We went to the Dodgers game with him two years ago. I know. Yeah, he drove us. I know. Yeah. It's also 
my wife's cousins, we call them the twins, Come Jacob on. and Connor. It's their birthday on the Shout 10th. Shout out that you're actually close to your family members and extended family because most people ain't. Yeah. So um, so here's, here's what, what we're going to talk about. I don't know how we're going to title this. Something along the lines of not Armageddon is coming, not get ready for the bloodbath. I, it won't be a soft landing. Yes. How about prepare for the hard landing? Prepare for the hard landing. I yes. Like that. Prepare for the hard landing. Yeah. Um, y'all, I'm not an economist, right? Logan with Housing Wire, economist. You should go follow him. Barry Habib, not an economist, but way closer to being an economist than someone like me. And he has a lot of friends and researchers that are economists. Listen to what Barry's saying. Listen to what Logan is saying. Check with your local economist. If you're in Orlando, if you're a UCF guy, check with Dr. Sean Snaith. He's one of my favorite local economists. NAR has economists. Zillow has economists. Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, like... They're everywhere. I am not one. What I am is someone in the trenches. What I am is um, someone who lives and is involved in their community. What I am is someone who is observant, right? Who just gets up every morning, opens his eyes, takes a deep breath, smells what it smells like, intently listens, and just starts noticing. And what I am noticing is that in a way, we are being duped. We are being duped by the Federal Reserve. We are being duped by monetary policy. I see us, through my two little bitty eyes, our economy is going to have a hard-ass landing. And I think it's one of those perfect storm moments, I think, where it's like it's death by a thousand paper cuts. And because there's not one just massive glaring open gash... That all of a sudden we're going to wake up sometime in the next three to six months being like, how did we bleed out? What the hell happened? Well, death by a thousand paper cuts. And here's kind of what I, what, what I mean by this. And I'm going to go down in order in no particular order. I'm going to start with 8% mortgage interest rates. Let's go. We are heading towards 8% mortgage interest rates. At the end of the day, this boils down to the Federal Reserve saying we're done. We are done buying mortgage-backed securities. There are many out there, policymakers, that said that was needed, that was required. And by doing so, it's going to correct whatever had gotten out of hand over the past decade to 15 years. But to stick with that policy and to not make changes has serious consequences that don't line up to soft landing. It forces a hard landing. So the title of this being something along the lines of prepare for the hard landing, let's start with 8% mortgage rates and what that means. They could be prevented. If you really wanted a soft landing, Federal Reserve, start buying mortgage-backed securities again. By buying mortgage-backed securities, you now have a bigger demand for that product. We learned in high school economics, supply and demand. The greater demand there is the higher price you can charge. And when it comes to bonds, we know that the price goes up, rates go down. So if the Federal Reserve starts buying mortgage-backed securities, the price of those securities goes up, which pushes the, the, the future rates down. That lowers the borrowing cost. That then will make home ownership more affordable, more people buy houses. If more people buy houses, then we have all of those services that, that actually attend to the housing market. They make more money, which means they keep more people employed. 
at 8% interest rates, nobody's selling their house and nobody can afford to buy a house. So not only are you impacting mortgage companies, which by the way, lenders, I say this as sincere as I can, I feel for you. I feel for all of us. We have a bloodbath on our hands. There's no way of preventing it. Anything that we should have done to prevent, to, to prevent this started two or three years ago. There are enough warning signs to batten down the hatches. There are enough warning signs to build a better shelter, to run a bit better business model. But unfortunately, here we are beginning of October. I don't see us getting to Thanksgiving without there being massive changes on the negative to this industry. Layoffs galore. If you do not produce revenue for the mortgage industry, that should concern you. If you don't generate enough revenue, that should concern you. It's a fact of the matter. Nobody's being mean. It's not personal. It's business, and we have to react to what the defense has given us, and the defense is not giving us a whole lot, and they're not being very nice. So at 8% interest rates, the Federal Reserve has to understand you're not just impacting mortgage lenders. Now, my mentor, Dave Stevens, has been very loud and vocal asking the MBA and other policymakers or other advocacy groups, what are you doing? Stop what you're doing. You have to be talking to the Biden administration. You have to be talking to Capitol Hill. You have to do something to get the Federal Reserve to want to look into buying mortgage-backed securities. If not, everything else you're advocating for might not matter because so many of us won't be left to be in business. So 8% interest rates obviously impact the mortgage industry. They also impact the real estate industry, but then all of the supporting industries, homeowners insurance, yeah, title companies, yeah, credit vendors, yeah, mortgage insurance companies, yeah, home alarm companies, yeah. Like, think about if you owned a, a rekeying business, you're a locksmith. Well, business is good when people are buying houses and you're wanting to change out the locks and all of the doors because you just bought a new house, right? Every, like, I think it's something crazy, like four in five um, uh, or three in five jobs in America can tie themselves to housing. So when I'm thinking I don't see a soft landing, there's, there's one. Then you have like small things. Um, China, like there's a, a, an economic theory that when China sneezes, the whole world feels it. China's the second largest by population country in the world. I think India took them over. They were number one for, for many years. And China's a massive purchaser of real estate throughout the entire world, not just in China. And China's economy is slowing drastically and could be potentially having some cracks that resemble bubbles, like, a, like when bubbles burst. Well, when that happens, if we're riding this theory that when China sneezes, we, the rest of the world feels it, well, China's been having a real estate issue for like the past two years. We haven't been talking about it, but it's starting to snowball. And what would happen if China quits being able to invest in real estate or other investments all throughout the world that impacts the world economy, including the U.S. economy, right? What happens if China starts selling their real estate assets abroad so that they can pay for the losses that they're incurring on their real estate they have in their own country. There's going to be a trickle down effect. And then we have this crazy ass employment data. Like to me, the employment data is corrupted. 
absolutely corrupted to think that we have this banging, robust employment economy going on in the U.S. And again, this is what I'm going to preface to. I'm not an economist. I'm a know-nothing local yokel from Central Florida. But I have a lot of friends. But I'm pretty observant. I read a lot. I listen a lot. I would like to believe I have above average intelligence. And if I just followed the teachings of Peter Lynch, which Peter Lynch used to run the largest hedge fund or mutual fund. I mean, this dude's maybe passed away by now. I mean, I read his book when I was 18 years old. The book was called Beating the Street. But if I just go back to that basic knowledge that, that Peter Lynch taught in Beating the Street, which was essentially pick stocks, pick investments just based on being observant, right? The, the story that resonates with me is telling a story about being in the 1980s and taking this girls back to school shopping and they dropped an entire paycheck of his at this new store called The Gap. And if anyone was born mm. in the 80s or 90s or lived through the 80s and 90s, you knew if you wanted good jeans, you went to The Gap to get your jeans. Peter Lynch then took that observation, went and looked up the company, saw they were publicly traded, and started buying, buying boatloads of their stock. He did really well on that stock pick. Okay, I'm just going to say when I'm making a bold statement that the employment data that's currently coming out is corrupt, I'm speaking about take away my friends in the mortgage industry because someone could say, Dio, you live in a bubble. Like, Dio, you are so incubated in a mortgage that, of course, the employment data in a mortgage sucks. And it does. It does suck. I'm talking about a bloodbath. I'm giving a fair warning. Cold winter is coming. I'm also talking about that being an opportunity because for those that are left standing, oh, you are going to be Lieutenant Dan and Forrest after the hurricane goes through um, Gulf Shores, Alabama, and now you are the king shrimp catching boat of the fleet. I very much am Lieutenant Dan up in the bird's nest. The storm is here and I'm MFing God saying, bring it on. Right. And many people should be like that, especially if you feel like you haven't built a house of cards. You have perseverance. You are an endurance athlete. But the mortgage industry is going to go through its rude awakening, it's bloodbath, it's cold winter. And I'm telling you that my blinders aren't on just because I'm only looking at the mortgage industry. I have a really good friend of mine. He is a, he is a recruiter, not a mortgage recruiter. He is a recruiter. He works for one of the largest recruiting firms. He and I had lunch six months ago. He said, bro, it's rough. Six months ago, he doesn't recruit just in central Florida, by the way, he recruits all throughout the United States. He's like, it ain't looking good. I look around my neighborhood, talking to my neighbors. I live in a upper middle class neighborhood, a gated community. It ain't where rich folk live, right? Like, like we send our kids to public school. We don't belong to country clubs. You know, that's, that's my neighborhood. But there's not one of my neighbors that's out there balling. There's not one of my neighbors that's like, oh my God, my company's killing it. Right? I have neighbors that are talking about, oh, my company's being sold. Okay, what does that mean? Someone's cashing out. What typically happens when a company gets sold? They tend to then right-size, downsize, and try to figure out how to make it more profitable, right? So I was talking to a buddy of mine who was talking about his cousin. His cousin works outside a mortgage. His cousin just had his comp plan changed. They're, they're pulling away commissions. They're going to put everyone else on, on, on salary. That sounds great, but no. What it means is 
the company he works for is finding ways to cut excess cost. They're doing so by changing comp because they don't want to tell someone they're cutting their pay, so they're going to reorganize the pay. No, they're trying to find a way to pick up an extra three hundred to three million, three hundred thousand, three million dollars in payroll expenses. So then I was on the phone with um, a friend of mine. She's an HR manager. Actually, she's a VP of HR. And uh, I was actually talking to her about, you know, what do you think about these employment numbers? She's like, it's not what, not what, not what we're seeing. She said, if there's jobs out there to be had, because that's the whole saying. Oh, there's all these job openings. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's to be a barista at Starbucks. It's to be a waiter at TGI Fridays. And those are great jobs for certain people at a certain point in their life. But I don't know if that's the job of the person who's also going to go out and buy the, the $40,000 car, the person who's going to pay the, the $2,000 to go on a cruise, the person who's going to go out and buy the $350,000 starter home, right? Those aren't the jobs. And then as I said to my friend who's a VP of HR for her company, I said to her, I'm like, hey, by the way, Beth, do you think that Starbucks is going to have those job openings when that 23-year-old and that 26-year-old who for the past two years haven't been making their student loan payments and for the past two years were, were cashing some pretty substantial checks from the federal government and that money's now run out? Do you think they're going to be able to keep up with that daily $7 a day Starbucks habit? By the way, they tried to keep up with it by charging their credit card. Now they just woke up and realized, oh, crap, my credit card's maxed out. And by the way, for someone who was once in his 20s and once went through the game of maxing out credit cards and freezing them and doing balance transfers to pay 0% to try to get them paid off. That's how it happens. You wake up one day, you're like, oh my God, how did I get here? It's kind of like becoming overweight. No one ever says, oh my gosh, let's see how much weight I can put on. Except for like football players mm -hmm. and teenage boys. But typically, no, you just wake up one day, you're like, how am I 60 pounds overweight? I can't fit through the doorway. Well, hopefully not the doorway, but I can't fit into my jeans. <laughs> Same thing happens with people's personal finances. So now you have these people who through 2020 and 21 were getting these fat checks. They were then spending that extra money. They created this new lifestyle. They then blew through their savings. They've now racked up their credit cards. These businesses were used to supporting those people. And this is a, you know, every drop in the bucket, every drop fills the bucket type thing. There's millions of these people all, all throughout all 50 states. And now it's going to come to an end because the credit card is maxed out because there's no more stimulus. It's been spent because the credit card interest went from 9.99% to 23%. Like they're not going to be able to spend money. Businesses are not going to be able to go out and, and raise money because they don't want to go raise money when they're having to pay six eight or 12% on that money. They're used to paying one, three or 5% of the money. And by the way, banks aren't out there just aggressively lending. Banks are starting to pare down. So whether you are a solo individual because you're 23 and fresh out of college, whether you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company across the board, lending is getting more restrictive. Lending is getting more expensive. And that is going to have a squeeze effect. That is what the Federal Reserve wanted. But my comment and my commentary entitled the show is I'm not seeing a soft landing in sight. I personally, as a know nothing individual who's just being observant, mm -hmm. who's just pulling from the various conversations I'm having 
from my friends, my family, my neighbors, my coworkers, mm -hmm. whether you're in Chicago, Illinois, whether you're in San Diego, California, whether you are in Kansas City, Missouri. Let me, let me go up to New Hampshire, right? Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or Fort Lauderdale, Florida. This is pretty consistent. This is what I'm seeing. I'm curious to see what everyone else is seeing. I'm curious to see what, 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 what everyone else is, is hearing. But it's like everything is more expensive. It's harder to come by. And people aren't making more money. They're making less money. And I don't believe that there's this robust job market. I just don't. Or if there's our jobs, it's jobs people don't want or they're jobs that don't pay a high yeah, enough wage should, for it to matter for they, the economy. They should separate that. Like, hey, there's these job openings and then there are these career openings because there's two different things. Yes. And those job openings are probably going to be, be taken up by people who can't pay their bills because now they're getting their second job, which there ain't nothing wrong with that. I've done that multiple times in my life. Right? I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a fancy wedding. You know what mm -hmm. I did? I valeted cars. Valeted cars for an entire year so I could save five grand. Well, you know, every quarter counts because, you know, you go in that little ashtray where people keep a change. That's John, I did not steal money out of people's cars. Shout out to my friend. He worked in the toll. He worked in the toll booth in Massachusetts. And, like, when people gave cash, he would, like, nickel and dime. And, like, at the end of his shift, he would have, like, $300 in quarters. <laughs> By shortchanging people? <laughs> shortchanging people. Oh, my I mean, goodness. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but, you know. No, probably not. We all make bad decisions. Well, that's why young. Massachusetts has shitty roads. But every four. Every four <laughs> your, buddy, <laughs> your buddy bankrupted them? Yeah, but every. You know, every four weeks we get a new road here in Florida. Yeah. Shout out tourism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to the, to, to the Orlando Tourism Board and the Orlando City Commissioners. They just ponied up $90 million for uh, UCF. God. To get what? Better players in the fourth quarter? Yo, they need that. <laughs> yes. Well, how about just, just to educate our players that there is a fourth Why quarter? Why do you we'll need start more? There. UCF is a small city now. It's the largest fucking college in John, America. At the end of the day, we went into the Big 12. Orlando is a destination location. Do you think people from Waco, Texas want to go hang out in Waco? No, they want to come hang out in Orlando. Because as you say, UCF's a great place to play because I can see little Jimmy play every Saturday. Yeah, Texas Tech I think is in Lubbock. Do you think people want to go to Lubbock? No, they want to go to Orlando. So people want to come to Orlando. Therefore, the Travel and Tourism Board and the city commissioners needed to step up to the plate to make sure we had the best facilities so we attract people from all over the country to want to travel into no, Orlando No, I don't want more people game. here. I want less people here. Traffic's already a problem, Dustin. Well, hopefully they won't actually drive their cars. <laughs> They'll just Uber, oh, and the Uber drivers right. are already take the, there. Take the bright line, take the sun rail. Hey, the whatever they have to do. Whatever they have to do. No, so, so I, have, I have a good question because okay. everyone loves to prognosticate. You know, everybody's wrong when they give dates, just like the weatherman. So when do you prognosticate, since we've already prefaced that you're not a weatherman nor um, a financial guru or whatnot, when will like the time come when like shit hits the fan and like we're looking back at today when we said it's like hey I told you so I'm gonna close my eyes. Come on, don't give me. That. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna twirl around this golf club ten times. I remember those. I'm games. gonna grab a dart and I'm gonna throw it out the wall. February 2024. Too soon, or is it like you know what I'm saying when it's really bad? Like oh shit, like for everyone else. Yeah. So there's two things going on. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for everyone else. Yeah. May is when people actually want to start talking about it openly. Gotcha. Okay. September, shit's gotten real. Mm. Okay. So that's basically 11 months before shit's gotten real. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying within like five to seven months, people are talking about it. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Kind of like, oh, this inflation's transitory. It's transitory. It's transitory. 
Oh, shit. Did I say transitory? Or did I say transportation? Um, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't transitory. Soft landing, soft landing, soft landing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? No, I meant hard landing. Hard. Yeah. I think by May we start talking about it, like openly. By we, the pundits, yeah, right. the talking heads, the, the, scrolling, the TV the shows. at the bottom, yeah. Yeah. All of the, all of the uh, news publications that I try to click on, and they're like, you must be a subscriber, pay us nine ninety nine a month. And I'm like, God. Yeah, Wall Street Journal. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, that would be my, okay. you know, blindfold me, spin me around mm-hmm. a golf club, make me shotgun a beard, then throw a dart. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to come up with. Great news for our mortgage professionals, our real estate professionals. Great news. Let's end on a positive. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. Great news. Yeah. Clickbait. Y'all, we have been in our recession since May of last year. Yeah, so we're already in the storm, y'all. We are literally month 18, month 19 of our recession. I'm telling you, we will start talking about our recession ending in March. We will be out of our recession by August of next year. We have to get through these next three to six months. And the next 60 days are going to be brutal, brutal. We got to get through three to six months. Just about every recession our economy has been in historically, it gets pulled out of by real estate. So we will pull our country out of the recession. Thank us later. We will do that as the mortgage industry. We will do that through refinancing homeowners. We will do so by helping new homeowners become homeowners, helping sellers finally sell because the recession will drive mortgage rates from 8% down to five. It will do that. So we, those that survive the next three to six months, those that knuckle up, bear down, grind it out, blinders on, all of that, endure, embrace the suck, you name it. We will be the reason why our country gets pulled out of the recession. So I think for us, if you're talking mortgage and real estate, which includes title, homeowners insurance, those types of, of um, companies and technology vendors that support those, those companies, yeah, let's just get to New Year's. Let's get smacked on New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like a knee yeah. jerk for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, by January, let's, embo- let's enjoy the, the bowl games. Let's enjoy some playoff NFL football. Let's get to to uh, Valentine's Day. Let's let's support being in love with somebody or in lust with someone new, and then we we'll start looking forward to spring break. And then we're gonna open our eyes. We're gonna pick our head up. We're we're gonna be like, okay, we've been grinding. Now what? Oh my goodness! Look at this. Spring's here. You can smell the flowers. The grass is getting greener. Right? The leaves are growing trees. It's getting warmer outside. The leaves are growing trees. <laughs> write that down. Put that on the back oh, of a shirt. Your earballs, your earballs. Earballs. Oh. Hey, shout out to our friends at uh, Bank of England shout up in the Florida B-O-E. Panhandle. I still have my earballs right t shirt they yeah, made us. Yeah. Earballs. Yep. But, um, but yeah, so put that. The leaves will be growing trees. That's how you good said this shit's going to be. such confidence that I was like, should I let it go? And I was like, I have to brush it. Yeah, kind of like Forrest Gump <laughs> in the clear blue sky. Yeah. Uh. Um, but none. Nonetheless, yeah, but everyone else, everyone else, as we have survived our recession, mm-hmm. everyone else will be going into theirs. Well said. Yeah. So, hey, hard landing is coming. Look, it's kind of like a gut punch. It's a lot easier to know that it's going to come. You're going to survive it. You're going to be okay because of it. Whatever happens, it happens for a reason, right? If it's painful, pain is temporary. 
endure, use this as your calling to do what is meant to be done. Think about that. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If it's not, it's not. Control what you can control, your attitude and your effort, and recognize if it's painful, it's okay. But pain is temporary. Keep forging ahead. Keep masterminding, brainstorming, networking. You will find your way. And make sure you enjoy each day for what it's worth. Be grateful for even the small things because nothing is guaranteed in this life. Beautiful. His name is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Owen. That is all the time we have for you today. If you like what we're doing, please share us. Not with one, not with two, but with three people within your circle. Oh, yeah. If you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at The Lone Officer Podcast. If you want to connect with me individually, my first name is Dustin. My last name is Owen. You can find me on LinkedIn. Make sure you give us a five-star review. Go over to YouTube. Find our YouTube channel. Subscribe. And most importantly, we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.